Hi, I'm Gary. And I'm Owen. And this is Left Out. Left Out is an LGBTQIA history podcast. Join us as we learn about incredible events and people that have shaped the history you weren't taught in school. Hello. Hi. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Left Out. This week has gone very quickly. Ridiculously fast. I can't believe we're back here again already. But a lot's happened. Yeah, you're back to work. I'm back to work. Lockdown is over. <laughs> it feels like yeah, that. It feels like it. Everyone's like going about my normal day. Well, I suppose we are getting back to a new normal. We are, but people are like walking in the street and like walking into me, and I'm like, uh, yeah, can so you get away? Social distancing doesn't seem to have uh, ingrained in everybody. No. No, but we are, the world is opening back up. Yes, um, to a new normal. Yeah, slowly but surely we're getting there, which is great. Like, it's a positive thing that we're sort of seeing the other side of yeah. this yes, crazy, have to crazy come out time. Yeah, that's the point. thing. I think that's the craziest thing. Like, I'd almost gotten so used to it that coming back out of it now feels... Well, now it feels weird. You know, like when we went into yeah. lockdown, it felt weird. And now coming out of it, Just it feels, feels weird totally, and that felt normal. It feels totally bizarre, like being back to work and things like yeah. that. But... Yeah. Hey, life goes on and we've got to move forward. Exactly. Amazing. So what are we talking about this week? Today we are talking about a a civil rights activist oh, okay. who's often left out of history, not really mentioned that much. Oh. Um, and he is part of the LGBT community. Right. Um, but actually what he fought for with civil rights mm-hmm. wasn't really for that. Okay. The beginning. So yeah. he's got a really interesting um, history. So his name okay. was Bayard... Rustin. Mm-hmm. I think I've said that right. Very Bayard interesting Rustin. name. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bayard Rustin, he was an American. Okay. He grew up in a Quaker household. Yeah. So um, if you don't know about Quakers, they're a peaceful, it's a religion, peaceful okay. religion. Yep. Um, and he actually uh, started peacefully protesting um, racial, racial segregation when he was in high school. Right, okay. So, which was beginning of the uh, 20th century. Right, so, okay, yeah. You know, quite a long time ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, but he was at, yeah, he started peacefully protesting racial segregation when he was in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, so he was only a teenager. Um, and he was actually jailed in 1944, sorry, in America mm. for being a conscientious objector to World War II. Right. Um, so, which is interesting thing because for him... it. It was a Quaker thing, so it was a right. religious oh, okay. thing. So it wasn't so, just because he didn't agree with or, it. Or, yeah, or that he felt it was peaceful. It, he did feel it was a peaceful sort of, like, um, objection. Right. But it was peaceful because of him being a Quaker. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he didn't want to fight. He he doesn't he didn't doesn't believe in violence at all. I see. Okay, um, that so, makes sense. And you'll yeah. see as you go, we go through his history mm-hmm. um, and how it sort of connects to um, gay history. Yeah. How that was always a thing for him. So he was okay. always peaceful. Yeah. Um, so he was actually imprisoned for two years mm-hmm. and protested um, whilst being in prison about the segregation and injustices in prisons wow. for racial discrimination. So even in prison, he was like, it's not good enough. But he did it again. He was peaceful with what he did. So basically, he's kind of a guy that wherever he is, he's yes. trying to bring equality and some form of peace. Mm-hmm. To it. So, yeah, exactly. so he was in prison for two years yes, for conscientious, for conscientious, being a conscientious, conscientious objector. objector to World War Two, and then in those two years, 
he protested against segregation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then also within the 40s as well, I'm not sure what year, I couldn't really find a uh, d- definitive mm-hmm. year, but he was also arrested, um, I think more than once for um, having sex with another man. Right, okay. So he was, which was, um, there was laws obviously against that at that time. Yeah. So um, that was going on for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he uh, left prison, yeah. Um, he travelled around um, America okay. and he... Um, Wherever he went, mm-hmm. he found groups that were also looking to um, fight for equality in a, in a peaceful way. And he right, spoke to them. Okay. So he would always find the different groups that were looking for racial equality. So he was a true activist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he was always it was ingrained in him. looking for it. Yeah, but okay. from what I've read, it seems to be it was ingrained in him because of his upbringing and his family. Okay. Um, so it was always something that was um, very important to him. Yeah. Um, and then he actually briefly joined the Communist Party in 1946 wow. because, well, one of their main points that they were fighting for yeah. on their agenda was black American civil rights. Oh, OK. Um, they believed that, again, they wanted equality for that. Yeah. So that was one of the things that really... Um, Understandably. Yeah, yeah it was, it was attractive to him. Yeah. His... Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Bayard was a black American. He was yeah. an African-American. I don't think we actually said that at the beginning. No, probably should um, have. But yeah, yeah, he's an African. He was an African-American um, man. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, so he joined the Communist Party. That actually right. he ended up leaving because it had all the authoritarian. Th- it basically wasn't what he thought it was. They were fighting for what he wanted, but the structure in which they were abusing yes. wasn't for him. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he, he briefly was with them, and then he left. He was like, oh, this isn't quite for me. Yeah. Um, and then in 1948, he actually travelled all the way to India from America to learn about how um, peaceful protests met, what the peaceful protest methods were of Mahatma Gandhi, who had just been recently assassinated. Wow. So yeah, so he he travelled all the way to India. That's incredible. Yeah, to just just to learn because he felt like they were doing something good over there. They were doing the right thing, and he was like, right, we want some of that. I need to learn what's going on there. That's really interesting. That as an activist, um, he seems as well like an innovator. Yes. So like like you said, he's seen what Gandhi was doing and yeah, was what, like well, what are they doing? What, yeah, what was it? that he did that was so successful exactly yeah really yeah. interesting so then he, he comes back and then in 1955 so a few yep. years later he starts working with martin luther king jr wow which is somebody that obviously most people oh, have heard of, of yeah you know leader he's well, the king he, of the he's, civil rights he movement. is like the face yeah. and the leader of civil rights in america yeah definitely um, so he starts working with him and he shares all his knowledge and ideas that he's found over the years and what he learned in india okay um, and he actually ends up rustin become becomes his main advisor and starts being the main strategist. So mm-hmm. start working all the strategies yeah. for fighting for civil racial rights. equality, civil rights. Wow. Um, which is amazing because I've, you know, I've heard lots about the civil rights movement and I've never heard this man's name. I've never, never heard of him. No, maybe it was which... briefly mentioned, but... <sighs> no, never. I can considering... honestly say until we decided to do this week's podcast, I'd never heard of this man, which is... Well, yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And it all, all if... kind of... In a, as we go through this, you kind of see why we've never heard yeah, of Yeah, but him. even up until this point, so like obviously we've only got to the point really where he's just met Martin Luther King Jr. Everything he's already done in his life has mm. been innovative. Yeah, and so progressive. forward and progressive, yeah. yeah. Which is in, before he's even met the sort of main guy, do you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly, which is yeah. crazy. Um, so yeah, he becomes his main advisor. He works out all the strategies. Mm-hmm. Lo- he does loads of them, lots of famous ones. Okay. Um, one of them to point out was the bus boycotts in Alabama. So he wow. was a person that like created the whole strategy for that. And it was actually based on 
a similar bus boycott he had been a part of years before. I see. So he took what worked and what didn't work with that and then used mm -hmm. it to create a movement. Again, a really peaceful way of protesting. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So he was, again, you can see how he was using peaceful protest to sort of be like, we can do it this way. Mm. There is a way to do this. I see. Um, and then in 1963, he was the organiser for the National March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, which it sounds like a really long description of what it is. But if you you would know it by knowing it's that I had a dream. Have a dream. Pro I, I have a dream. <laughs> um, Martin Luther King protest, yeah. you know, the speech and all of that. He organised that whole event. So one of the biggest civil rights marches in history. Yes, of the world. Wow. Yeah. So he was the organiser of that. And, and wow. what he did, which was really interesting, was... There was obviously a huge fear from what we'd seen before of, of violence yeah. against um, yeah, African-American yeah. people in and the US. Mm -hmm. So there was a huge chance of riots. There was a huge chance of violence. Mm -hmm. um, and there were lots of threats made on the event, okay. as there always was with anything of course. Martin Luther King well, was going to attend. the world we're living in still Still now, now like yeah. people are getting threats, you know, of course. Um, yeah. for like bombs and deaths and murder and assassinations, yeah. all of that. Um, so he actually started, uh, he worked with the police in D.C. Yeah. and the hospitals in D.C. and got them already pre pre prepared and prepped so that if anything was to happen, it was it could all run smoothly. And he also trained 2,000 volunteers to act as peaceful security guards. Incredible. Um, and obviously this is all the tools he'd learned over the years yeah. and stuff he'd learned in India. Mm. Um, so what's really interesting, though, is that the other leaders, a lot of the other leaders, part of the civil rights movement, didn't want him to march in the front because he was gay. That's really sad. Yeah. And what's incredible, though, is, like, he is so instrumental in that that movement and plus that one event yes. as well, which is the sort of stake in the ground, the pin we put in history of civil rights. Oh, yeah, rights. it's like a watershed moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The same as, like, when we speak about Stonewall, it's that moment for civil mm -hmm. rights. Yeah. Yet they didn't want him to be seen. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy that, like, it's so... Like, we obviously looked at doing Rustin this week because of really where we are, the parallels of where we're living now. Exactly. Um, But it's crazy that even within the civil rights movement, there was still... Mm -hmm. inequality for gay people exactly wow. so, so interesting very um and actually at the event so at the um march on washington for jobs yeah. and freedom he also gave a speech which is never included and okay. he was in his speech he's, he was talking directly to the president right and he in his speech he was talking about how he wants to work together and so his 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 speech okay. was a, was obviously before Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech. Of course. And it's that's never obviously his what he said was never spoken course, about. It's yeah. left out. Which obviously it was what Martin Luther King Jr. was doing is amazing, but also this is important. Um so his strategies and all the prep he had done for the march mm -hmm. meant that on the day of the march there were with absolutely no violence and it went all smoothly. It was a massive success. Yeah. Which we know. History tells yes. us that. That's and so this is the guy, this is why it was that. Yeah. He was the, the guy that was instrumental in making that happen. Yeah. Um, and of course, that march helped pass the 1964 Civil Rights Act and then a couple of other acts as well, yeah. um, which ended, seg well, uh, by law, ended segregation, yeah. gave, you know, black people more rights, more human rights that they deserved anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and so, of course, that couldn't have happened if he wasn't such a good strategist, if he didn't have all that knowledge. And he hadn't taken it upon himself to educate himself in that way. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So very interesting man. Um, wow. He was always keen from then on to speak to and work with the other side. He was always keen to speak to the White House and the government at the time as so, well. So basically, he was quite a keen believer in 
if you want change to happen, like kind of work it within the system, yeah, that's yeah, already yeah. there. And also have conversations. He was always about how can I get our next stake in the ground of changing a law, mm-hmm. um, which obviously was a huge influence on Martin Luther King Jr. because he always professed that as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, a, a lot of the other civil rights activists didn't like his methods. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. They thought he was too peaceful. Okay. Um, but he always stuck to his guns. Yeah. So it's, it's really... <laughs> Yeah, stuck to what he believed in. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, he was always thinking about how he can get how he can get tangible gains. Right, I see. Um but he was unfortunately over the years that that followed, he was always passed over for important roles okay. happening in America for civil rights. Mm-hmm. Um due to being gay, due to his past with you know joining the Communist Party yeah. or being a conscientious object unconscientious objector. They felt like it was like, no, you 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 can't do this he because of your be past. He can't be the face of the civil rights movement. Exactly, which wow. is such a shame because clearly he's somebody that knows what he's well, doing. Well, what's so interesting is like obviously looking at the Black Lives Movement happening now, is that one obviously we are like us included are activists to help be allies to Black Lives within the LGBTQIA community. Yes, um, but also we were like our community and the black lives matter community and the people of color black lives we're working together yeah and it's really yeah. interesting well, it's that. minorities coming together isn't it to be yeah. like well, well, hold, hold up here at the end of the day if there's inequality for one group there's yeah. inequality if for you're going against us. someone's human human rights mm-hmm. you're also going against my human rights yeah, and exactly. you should be offended about yeah. that even if you're and not it's directly so affected. interesting that even though he played such a vital part in civil rights, he wasn't given the platform because he was gay. It's it's just such a shame. Um, So in the 1980s, we get up to then, he actually then eventually came out as gay and he was Mm -hmm. urged to do this by his partner because of what was, how gay men were being treated with the AIDS pandemic. And he was, he was urged to do this because his partner said, look, people look to you for somebody that knows about civil rights and human rights. You need to speak out about this. Mm -hmm. And, and then he spoke out uh, against the, um, the the treatment of gay men in the AIDS pandemic for the rest of the 80s. OK. Um, and he actually delivered a really interesting speech in 1986 um, called The New uh, N-Words Are Gays. I don't want to say the N-Word, but um, that's what the speech was called. It was mm-hmm. called The New N-Words Are Gays. And this is just a little snippet from it. So he said, today, blacks are no longer the litmus paper or the barometer of social change. Blacks are in every segment of society and there are laws that help protect them from racial discrimination. The new N-words are gays. It is in this sense that gay people are the new barometer for social change. The question of social change should be framed with the most valuable vulnerable group vulnerable group in mind, gay people. So, and so that's really interesting because yeah. I feel like we've now flipped at the moment. I feel yeah. that, you yeah. know, obviously <laughs> LGBTQIA plus people in the community definitely mm. were nowhere near equality equity and justice no. however i do feel like with what's happening in the world at the moment i would say that whatever the the, the again that we look at the last sentence yeah. the question of social change should be framed with the most vulnerable group in mind and i would say personally i would say that's race well, i would yeah, say it's minorities in, in race. our community now it's like black trans lives yes 100%. like that's where the fight is yeah trans lives but also black that's trans the barometer lives. yeah isn't it um it's so interesting that's so powerful because it still holds up today that will yeah. still hold up and probably also in the future yeah, and also i think how we never learn like history repeats itself well, and we're still exactly like we're still fighting that fight yeah um 
Wow, that's really, really yeah. interesting. And then a year later after that speech, he actually passed away in 1987. Yeah. So, like I said, he didn't actually really take part in gay rights activism until the 1980s, um, which is really interesting because it's such a shame with someone with all his skill set and mm-hmm. what he did for civil mm-hmm. rights that he kind of felt like... Maybe he, he couldn't. He couldn't, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe that was due to his treatment from other civil rights people. Exactly. Um and I, I get that. Like, sometimes I think I feel like what your like your work should speak for you above yes. your identity or what you of identify course. as. But sometimes you have to kind of speak, speak, speak. speak out. Yeah. yeah. And so this is really, really, really interesting. And I've never heard anything like this before. And I know you've got a bit more information on it. Mm-hmm. But so obviously in the late so he passed away in 1987, a year after he gave that speech. So we sort of really are up towards the end of his life here. But due to the lack of a marriage equality, which we know at the time, he and his partner actually decided that Bayard would adopt Walter, his partner, to give them a legal relationship. Yeah. So which they is incredible. Yeah, they they decided that um they would go through the whole process. Yeah. So Walter had to get his mother to sign that she was no longer his like legal guardian legal guardian yeah. even though he was an adult man yeah um and then they had a social worker come to their house and check that like he could be adopted and would be happy and everything mm. and they said they did it because this was again like you said it was the only way they could get legal representation of their relationship and they were going to do it no matter what yeah it's so interesting it's really interesting and i think obviously we this is a we were lots of episodes into our podcast and our podcast is based around this that people that have been there key parts of history but definitely have just been left out of yeah. it but and they find a way they do and it, and this, this is proof of it so of january this year so 2020 he was pardoned for his arrest and having um which he was arrested for like we said for having sex with men which obviously was illegal at the time of his arrest mm-hmm. but in january 2020 he was pardoned from that in 2015 he got the presidential medal of freedom it's their highest civilian medal yeah um and then a quote of his is that every community needs a group of angelic troublemakers which i absolutely love i think, I think that's, that's a, it's brilliant. an incredible quote like it's so true for someone as well like i think everything that's happening at the moment there is a, like like a lot of what we've watched and listened and read is that there is a time when you should get angry mm-hmm. and when you should focus that anger into action. Mm-hmm. But th- for someone who was so instrumental in the civil rights movement and even in gay equality and gay rights movement, like it was always come from a pace of peace, which I think is yeah. so incredible. I think it shows that if you've got the right strategy, clearly, and the right planning and the right thought and intelligence and experience to speak to other people that have done something, mm. you can do it peacefully. Yeah. Um, but only if you've got those strategies, only if you know what you're doing, if you have the organisation behind you, well, which isn't such always an the case. innovative man. It's such a shame that we don't have him around anymore. Yeah. Because I think the world could do with more guys like Rustin. Yes. And it's such a shame that he wasn't recognised for that work until obviously he had passed yeah. away. And a lot, lot a lot, after his death as well yeah um and it's such i think it is such a shame because clearly martin luther king jr thought of him as as someone who knew what he was doing and he was his main main advisor so and obviously martin luther king jr got assassinated and i wonder whether their relationship and his and and byard's work would have carried on if martin luther king jr had because then we've got to think about that as well that that journey was also stopped yes so 
we don't know what that as a team and obviously everyone else involved in the civil rights movement mm-hmm. back in the 60s um what could have happened there do you know mm. what i mean it's really really interesting yeah and and and, and he's, he's hardly spoken about within this and within the civil rights well i like when whilst i was in secondary school i did a whole semester or term on the civil rights movement i've never no heard it. this yeah. man crazy name. isn't it never heard this man's yeah. name until and, now and, and they do say it's partly due to obviously him working more behind the scenes but also it's due of to course. his past yeah and his homosexuality yeah um which is such a shame because yet again we've got an example of someone that has been left out of a key piece of history not actually totally to do with gay rights like the no, part no, of history that's He's, also left to be out fair, he acted more for, for the civil, civil rights, rights than he and yeah, racial rights. equality but he's been left out because partly due to his homosexuality and also i think it speaks a lot about um uh, the fact that he wasn't really comfortable to speak out about gay rights because mm. he didn't feel comfortable about coming out as gay. Well, he's he's quoted a lot in the people that know him in saying that on a personal level, if you knew him, he was totally out and proud near enough his whole life. Right, I see. Um, however, when it came to public and work, of course. it was his own private life and personal which life until un- the 80s. Which, of course, is understandable in the climate oh, that he yeah. was living in. Yeah. Like, And obviously he'd, he'd been imprisoned for it as well. So, yeah. Um, but wow, what a incredible guy. Yeah, like, absolutely incredible. amazing. Like... Just a force for change and peaceful change, which is what I love. Yeah, um, and, and I think we wanted to really speak about someone like this because we wanted to really find someone that had been left out of history, which is what our whole podcast is about, yeah. left out. And also remind people that, you know, the story that you see and the story that you hear and the history lessons you have been taught, yes, that could that is the, like, truth, yeah. but it's not the whole truth. Yeah. And... and You've got to you've got to go hunting. You've got to be independent and have independent thought and research and go find some stuff out because you then to start to create a bolder, bigger, more colourful picture about what the history is. Also, yeah, a hundred percent. And also, like I said, this is exactly why we're doing this. Is that it's naive to think that there weren't LGBTQ people within these movements. Yes. We've always been there, um, and like like we said, we've taken it upon it us yeah. as our job to like bring them to the forefront of history so yeah i love talking about him i think yeah. that was incredible and um as always like i said we only ever really touch the surface with the podcast yeah to encourage definitely. you to do your own research look into look into him um and find out more about him i know there's lots on youtube and stuff that you yeah, can find out lots. about there are there are videos on youtube of him speaking and everything that you can watch which um, are really interesting because he is a great speaker as well uh, um, and as always we'll post some stuff on our instagram gary and owen um so you can check him out as well so you get some visuals to go alongside the podcast yeah what an amazing guy yeah loved it so we hope you enjoyed that one it was a little bit different that we focused on a person this week which i think we liked yeah i hope you enjoyed that episode like i said as always we hope you get something from it and hope you find solace that there are people in our community that are there they're in history they were active and we are present um which is really great and also we reached 200 downloads this week yeah yeah we're which is way in- over that now which is incredible so thank you once again everyone that's been listening so far like we cannot thank you enough yeah. for your constant support um it's amazing and we don't just be- never yeah. thought did we, we even get to 200 no no we just just doing it for us actually <laughs> um but it's we the only you- one out there yeah yeah <laughs> we hope you get something from this um make sure you follow us on instagram make sure you you rate us give us a 
you know, a review if you want to, a nice <laughs> review. Um, and subscribe as well to our yes. podcast and share it amongst other people as well. Like be passionate because the more we share about education, the more mm. we talk about things, the more, you know, knowledge is courage, knowledge is yes. power. So um, yeah. definitely get sharing. Incredible. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening this week. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Left Out with Gary and Owen. Subscribe to Left Out at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Gary and Owen.